When the guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode 141 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am your host, Eric Walquist, and joining me this week, as he does every week, is the other host of the show. He's red. He's not dead. He's right, said Fred. His name is... Uh, I'm Jesse, the creature from Sleepy Hollow Wilson. Excellent. You're headless? Uh, No, I'm sleepy. Oh, I got it. <laughs> got it. See, you, I wish you would have told me that joke before we started, because then I could have said, right, said Fred, he doesn't have a head. Then we could have rolled right into it. Mm, well, um, like every episode, it mm-hmm. would be better with some pre-production, but <laughs> from why the top? change things up now? <laughs> why, 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 why? Uh, Jesse, did you have a good week? Um, Yeah, I've actually been having a pretty good week. My mm-hmm. uh, My coworker... His wife is basically going to have a baby at any moment now. Excellent. So it's, it's been exciting at work. It's like she's waiting for PAX tickets to start <laughs> to go on sale. <laughs> basically. You never know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I uh, I worked the morning shift this morning, so I took a nap uh-huh. uh, in the afternoon after work, and I, I slept for two hours, which is a long nap. Yeah. And when I woke up, it was like that scene from Aliens when they're, they're all getting out of the hyperbolic chambers yeah. or whatever. Yeah, totally. They're all coughing and disoriented. Yeah. Well, you that gotta, was basically my afternoon. You got to stop smoking, bro. <laughs> bro. Bro. Um, bro. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a fun week. I had to play Magic. Uh, Magic pre-release is coming up next weekend. In a mere uh, mere eight days from now, we will have Dragon's Maze unleashed on the world. Mm. So zero, yeah. So all, all all things are pointing to to fun. All signs yeah, point excited. to fun. Um, yeah, but uh, but until then, Jesse, we have nothing to do but to drink beer and podcast. So what are you drinking this week? I'm just drinking some free beer from work. Cool. Keeping it simple. Keeping it free. Mm-hmm. Um. I was going to do a free bird joke. Once again, pre-production. Uh, I'm drinking the Audible Ale, which is uh, a new beer from Red Hook. And it's done in partnership. This is like very, very fitting because it's done in partnership with the Dan Patrick show. Mm. Yeah, I saw that for sale. I don't get why there's so many radio beer mm-hmm. tie-ins now. You got the Men's Room Red. You got this Audible Dan Patrick Thing. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know men's room was a was a radio thing. Are you? I didn't know that. Sarcastic? No. Oh yeah, it's like a radio show called the Men's Room. Oh, stars above. Yeah. What is it like? A is it like in Seattle or something, or is it? Uh, I think it's a Seattle thing. I've never actually listened to the show. I always wondered who the men on the Men's Room were. But anyway, bottle. Yeah. (laughs) 
No, they. I like, always well before the, I knew it was a rate named after a radio show. I thought it was a horrible name for a beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like why about, are like, you equating your beer with urine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're in the like, you know, you could have a shower beer. Like that's <laughs> yeah. always a fun thing. Do you take a lot of showers in the men's room? <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh man, they're not they're not water showers though. Uh oh, hey, come on. That joke was wide open, but it's also disgusting. Uh, anyway, I'm drinking the Dan Patrick uh, Audible Ale, and it's actually good. This is like the third time I bought it. I really enjoy it. I think it's very tasty. Goes what down style smooth. would it be? Uh, it's like a like an amber. It's not mm-hmm. super hoppy. So it's um, pretty even keeled. Yeah, they, it's, balanced. It's described as a crushable ale brewed in collaboration with Dan Patrick. Crushable. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it. It's very good. I've bought it multiple times now. And since we're podcasting, you know, if there are any microbreweries out there listening, that's uh, true. We're, we're, we're still open. We haven't signed our beer contract yet. Uh huh. Brewed in collaboration with Dan Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. What? I wonder what his input was. <laughs> he was actually in there. He's out. He's like doing the, the Jim Cook thing. He's like got handfuls of. <laughs> Yeah, he's it, pushing yeah. them into his face. Man, I maybe the beer is good, but I'm fundamentally opposed to the marketing direction they're going with it. A crushable ale—that's so <laughs> juvenile. I don't know. I just like it. Damn Patrick Show. Get off my back about. It. Plus, it's also like uh, you know, it's uh, football audible. They have like football plays on the front. And, you know, they've also done the Emerald City Supporter beer at Red Hook. So they have. All I'm saying is, like, you know, we could have, like, arrogant ale. <laughs> arrogant arrogant bastard. <laughs> Something along those lines. How about arrogant masters? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Deal with it. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. We'll, we will collaborate with the Red Hook. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, since we got this whole sports kick with the Dan Patrick show. Uh, why don't we move on to our, our voicemails for this week? We got some great listener feedback and uh, from two AL West cities. So um, I know, man. Uh, so first of all, here is uh, here's the first one. Hey, Eric and Jesse. This is James from Orange County calling in. Hope you're all doing well. Want to congratulate Jesse on his engagement. And it is a shame, Eric, that you had your honeymoon down here. When baseball season had it started, else I would have given, I would have taken you to an Angels game. When would that have been so awesome? Um, speaking of the Angels, that is the subject of my call. I am not digging the Angels hates. Um, I have nothing against the Mariners, but I'm, I'm not feeling hate the Angels. Um, they've been to a World Series and they actually won it. So, not trying to sound better than the Mariners, but I don't know. Maybe the Mariners will get there one day. Who knows? Um, just kidding, guys. Um, <laughs> I wanted specifically to ask you. I went to my first Angels game of the season last night, and I'm assuming that the reason why a hot dog, chips, and a soda are 12 bucks is because they're using that money to pay for the players' salaries. And I'm sitting there watching the game, and, you know, the Angels aren't doing very well this season. Um, 
and I'm very disappointed in Pool Horse's uh, performance in particular because when we got him last season, everyone was raving he was the best player in all of baseball. Um, since he's moved to the Angels, he hasn't done jack squat for us. So every time I get a refreshment or a sack at the game, I'm cringing having my money go towards Albert Pujols, who's not doing anything for the Angels. So my question to you guys, when you go to a Mariners game, who do you cringe giving money to? Either that the player is not doing very well or a manager or what have you. Uh love to hear your responses, guys, and stay arrogant. Get off my back, James. You get off my back. Uh, James, first of all, do get off my back because Angels hate is totally warranted when all you do, you're like the Yankees of the West Coast. Wow. Needless to say, uh, I, if I'm ever down in SoCal, I would love to go to a game with you because I love to go to new stadiums. We were actually thinking about going because they were playing this preseason series against the Dodgers and they were like doing home and away while we were on our honeymoon. But uh, Lydia kind of put the kibosh on that. <laughs> Uh, but another part of this, James, is that, you know, it is ridiculously expensive to buy any, anything at a, at a major league baseball game, but I don't think that's necessarily because you're playing the, paying the players so much. Um, I think it's just because you have a captive audience. I mean, it's like Disneyland, a pretzel is like $8, but it's not because they're paying Mickey Mouse like a million dollars a year to be Mickey Mouse. He's a slave. Uh, but uh, um, but and and the, and then the other aspect of this is you ask who do we cringe about when we watch the Mariners? Um, but that's not really an issue because we don't have any payers, players that we're paying any money. They're basically a bunch <laughs> of minor leaguers. So anyway, um, wow. strong words, strong words from a strong fan. I just miss Kenji Jojima. Oh, Kenji Jojima. He had the most fun name to say out of any oh, Mariner. That was my favorite history. thing to yell <laughs> when I was at a game. Kenji Jojima! Jojima! I love Kenji Jojima. Mm-hmm. But he, like many Japanese players, was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm just going to go home. Kazuhiro Sasaki did the same thing. Um, Didn't he win, like, a Cy Young or something? He won Rookie of the Year. Mm. And he was like, peace out. Um... Anyway, uh, James, thank you so much for calling in, and uh, and thank you for thanking Jesse, or I mean, congratulating Jesse on his fiance oh yeah status. Very excited about this. Um, we got another phone call. This one also has to do with uh, with the AL. Oh, I, I looked it up. So you also said Albert Pujols didn't do anything for you last season. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call thirty home runs and one hundred and five RBIs nothing. But, uh, anyway. James hey, Holmes Eric, got. whatever happened to Sean Figgins? Sean Figgins got, he's done, dude. His contract went away. He is no longer around. Did he retire? Did he go to the minors? I don't know what, I don't know what old Sean is doing these days. Anyway. Um, it will, that was. Oh, when, second most fun name to say. When he was on the Mariners, that's why I was cringing that we were paying money. We paid him $9 million a year to basically sit on the fence. Yeah, he was really bad. There was a bar not, in not Seattle. The, not the fence, the bench. Sorry. <laughs> the fence. <laughs> Get down from there. He's just sitting on the fence. Uh, there's a bar in Seattle that their happy hour uh, b- 
beer pricing was his batting average. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Figgis. Oh, I think he went to the Marlins. I think he got picked up by the Marlins, but they cut him in spring training this year. Now he's just completely out of baseball. Marlins something. Do you ever see that or hear that song? It was like Nickelback did a Marlins song. Oh, yeah. Song. That was good stuff. Yeah. If you, if you want to... <laughs> Oh God! It's just the Miami Marlins have now become the laughing stock of the league, and no, no, no better than to have Nickelback be your, <laughs> your 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 theme song. I mean, Macklemore's our dude, so we're much cooler. Um, yes. Uh, this is another baseball one, uh, but this one's much shorter. So this one comes to us from Texas. Hi, um, this is Angela calling from Lubbock, Texas. Um, representing all the love from Lubbock, Texas. I um, was just calling to check the Seattle uh, Rangers score. I'm not I'm not sure how it ended. Um, can you just let me know what it was, the final score? Um, all right. There you go. Bye-bye. So what Angela – get off my back, by the way, Angela. Get off my back. What Angela is referring to is that I announced on my podcast, my Mariners podcast last week, that I was going to the game on Thursday against the Rangers. And then she decided to just troll me on my on my Gmail over and over about this Rangers game. And then, yes, the Rangers did win. So congratulations, Angela. What was the score? Oh, it was like four. Oh, they lost by one. It was three to four. The Mariners couldn't even put the the tying run across the board. They get a guy on third base, and they try a suicide squeeze. It was the dumbest play I've ever seen. You have a guy on third base with two, with one out, and you don't let him swing away when you have a guy up to bat who's hitting like 260. Just let him swing the bat. Well, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that we, on this podcast, we say leave us a voicemail and we'll play it, but uh, – you guys are going to have to save the baseball-related stuff for the Sea <laughs> Dog press box because I cannot handle any more I know, baseball I know. stuff for the rest of the season. It's officially banned. <laughs> <All right. I'm, laughs> if you if you want to bet on baseball, give us a call at the Sea Dog press box seven zero one twenty Felix at seven zero one twenty Felix. That's hilarious. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that's that's really good. Yeah. Um, Google Voice is amazing. People. Yeah, we can talk about baseball on this podcast during the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, I want a cooling down period until the until the baseball playoffs. All right, well, how about a voicemail about beer? Okay, sounds good. Let's do it. Hey, Eric and Jesse, it's JR from Philly. Uh, love the cast. Uh, wanted to comment on the conversation you guys had a couple episodes ago when Jesse was talking about the checker type, uh, the emo beer Guy, I'm a checker, but I'm not an emo guy. I use the Untapped app on my iPhone. I sync it up to Facebook. And what I'm trying to do is not prove that I drink obscure beer, but uh, to bring attention to and recommend beers to all my friends and help propagate the craft beer movement and bring some attention to some smaller microbrews. So uh, there, there are some definite good guys out there uh, spreading the word with checking. So get off my back. I'll call in again and chat with some more craft beer stuff. Later, guys. Get off my back, JR. Get off my back. And you're doing something different. Yeah. The guys I'm talking about are the people who try a bunch of beers, try and get their number up as high as possible, and then use that 
as some sort of uh, superiority amongst other right. people, having tried a bunch of different things that other people haven't gotten their hands on and acting like that makes them a better beer consumer. That's different from what you're doing. Yeah, and I, also, Jr. I don't want to. I don't want to call you out, buddy. But I think that you're mis- mixing up emo with hipster because I think we call them hipsters, not emos, which is very easy mistake to make because emos are the hipsters of the early 2000s. <laughs> That's that is true. Um, another all th- emos are hipsters, but not all hipsters are emos. <laughs> it's like squares and rectangles. <laughs> um, a- another part of this is like. Um, I was watching. I was on Polygon.com, and they were talking about the Indie Mega booth at PAX East, and which is basically this awesome booth that's not even associated with PAX. It's set up by like these two people who are like, "Hey, we have an independent game company. We should just buy a huge booth space, and then we should uh, use that space to bring other indie games into PAX." And people were like, "Well, aren't you guys all competing against each other?" And they were like, "Well, no." You know, if you buy an indie game and you enjoy it, you're much more likely to buy another indie game. Like, we are all collectively competing against those big AAA titles to pull your attention to more indie games. And I think that that's kind of what's happening with beer here, is that, like, if you are one of these people who are like, hey, I haven't had that beer, I want to try it, um, like, that's a good thing. It's like, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're trying more micro-brews and you're trying new stuff and and even nano brews and like anytime you see new beer you want to try it to see what it tastes like that's different than like you know what what jesse was talking about where it's like yeah i just want cred bro (laughs) and i've met those beer drinkers too and the sad thing is is those beer drinkers think that they're doing that first thing but they're really not Um, yeah i don't know uh it was interesting the comparison you made is really good between the indie games and craft beer Mm -hmm. because like the brewing community is really open between brewers talking about uh recipe development sharing secrets and collaborating and stuff and the uh the mentality is basically like we are not trying to uh win customers over from each other we're all trying to win customers over from uh, Anheuser Busch InBev. Exactly. We're trying to bite into that ninety-four percent of the market <laughs> yeah. chunk that yeah. they control. Yeah. So you know, if we can all collaborate and make the product better through mm. cooperation, then we all get a bigger piece of the pie. Yeah, it's it's just that recognition of like you know, beer's been around for literally thousands of years. Nobody has made beer by themselves. Everybody learned how to do beer either from like a beer magazine or by having Except somebody for that first person. I know that guy was fucking awesome. I I bet that guy was a psychopath. <laughs> he had like a big like a clay thing full of grain uh, yeah. and left it out in the rain. <laughs> and then it got all stinky and gross and weird and then yeah. he started drinking it and got buzzed off it. <laughs> I was like, like what the hell? Try this. You gotta try this. <laughs> I'm doing it again. Yeah. And then, uh, don't yeah. worry, man. It's all natural. <laughs> but uh, it was smelly and weird. <laughs> so those like are most brewers. Exactly. <laughs> so those are our voicemails for this week. Uh, thank you so much for calling in once again. Uh, Jesse has put an embargo on baseball talk on this podcast, but you can always give us a call seven zero one twenty Felix and listen to the Sea Dog Press Box podcast released every Monday. Uh, through the World Series. So do that. Um, I also got to do the dedication before we do our D20. Mm. Um, so I want to dedicate the show this week uh, to, I would say, the guy of the week. Uh, and that's got to be Patton Oswald. Mm. Um, both D. Chandlish and Mitch Netzer, you know, 
linked us to an awesome segment that he did. But he also had like what I thought was like the best response to you know the the shitty shitty terrorist crap that's happening and that happened in Boston. Just like awful. Like I'm a guy who goes to a lot of sporting events, and like that's just the it's just awful. It's just ugh. yeah. Like fuck. I can't I can't even talk about it. I know. It's just so. Pointless. It's pointless assholery. It's like yeah. assholery on the worst level. Like you are just you're you're making yourself inhuman by doing that shit. Yeah. But uh, but Patton Oswalt had a great and oh I also want to talk about you know um, I just want to mention I want to thank John O'Brien for letting us know he's okay because he was he lives in Boston he's a he's a longtime contributor to the show and this podcast has really made me at least like now when I think about geographic regions I think about. The listeners who are there who talk to us. Like, That's true. Kentucky will always be Roger Dotsie to me. And uh-huh. New England is John O'Brien. Now we got JR from Philly, which is cool. We broke into Pennsylvania, which I'm very excited about with all of our Steeler hate. We're going to have to be in, <laughs> in Philly. Uh, you know, and then like, oh, like the fertilizer place blew up in, in Waco today. And I was like, what, what's the Martinez clan doing? Are they okay down there? Mm-hmm. Even though Mar- Angela's calling in and trolling me. Um, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> So I think that I, it's also really cool that like just this thing that we started three years ago at, our, at my kitchen table is now – now I have like these connections all over the world and when things happen, I'm like, oh, God, I hope they're okay. Yeah, uh, it is cool and weird. It's actually not something we've really stopped and talked about no. how the podcast has changed over all these years. It's crazy. In, in terms of listenership. Yeah. It, it is absolutely bizarre that there's people who enjoy listening to us talk and tune in on a <laughs> – weekly basis yeah and like when you like when we do do meetups and we meet up with our listeners like it's so easy to just fall in the conversation because it's like oh you know you know i just got married or whatever like it's (laughs) it's very simple it's like catching up with yeah it's catching up with and if i ever go to germany i definitely hit up dennis kleinbeck oh yeah um yeah it's nuts i mean like it's just like the first the first episodes like our friends were listening to it and like our moms yeah, exactly. And, and that was it. But now there's like we have le- legit fans in other places. It's really cool. Yeah, my mom. We, we appreciate listening. you guys a lot. My mom stopped listening after episode two. But your mom's a loyalist there. <laughs> anyway, but Patton Oswalt really had like the best response, and it went kind of viral. It's just saying that like you know, good people always outnumber bad people. Mm-hmm. So just that's that's something that's nice to to be like you know what the, there's like these assholes out there, but we will always outnumber them. Yeah, that was like that. Uh, the Mister Rogers quote got yeah. really popular after that yeah. happened, which is like when he was a kid and something bad happened on the news. His mom would always say, "Look for the helpers. There's always helpers." Right. That's true. So it is. Yeah. So, so anyway, thank you to all the first responders and yeah. you know EMTs and it, that's paramedics. That you watch you watch that video of the explosions and like after everybody was like, "Holy shit, what was that?" People just started running toward the explosion. Yeah, those are people who are significantly more brave than I am. Yeah. And I, I'm very happy they're on this earth. Me too. <laughs> um, so anyway, Patton Oswalt, he had a very poignant response to that. So that he was already cool for doing that. And now they release his Parks and Rec thing, um, this Parks and Rec outtake, which is just kind of great. Like they basically were like, all right, we need you to do a citizen's filibuster at a city council meeting, and we just need you to make it as nerdy as humanly possible. So he basically laid out his plan for <laughs> Star Wars Episode Seven, and it incorporates Marvel, and it incorporates uh, it incorporates a lot of stuff. I'm just going to play a little clip here. Buddy Jim, 
That means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from to the Marvel Universe, from the Star Wars Universe. Uh, we then cut to Earth. Uh, Tony Stark uh, realizes okay, uh, that okay. there is... She, Tony Stark realizes that there is a... Tony Stark... Is. I know who that is. This is the first person I've known. Tony Stark realizes, I, I do not recognize uh, the chair, Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in, in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this. <laughs> it's just so great. It goes on for eight minutes, and it's literally him just spitballing this idea until he run, literally runs out of spit in his mouth. Yeah, um, so it's, Pat it's really funny. Guy of the week, and this show's dedicated to him. I think that we should do a little tiny Matt Roloff in his honor and get this show on the road. What do you say? Little tiny Matt Roloff or little tiny Pat Oswald. Here we go. 16. 17, baby. You gotta, what? I love it. You've, I'm on <laughs> such a winning streak right now. And you're just barely edging me out like you're the Rangers or something. I know. This losing streak is going to be coming swift and hard for me, I'm sure. <laughs> this will balance itself out. All right. Well, my first topic this week, it actually stems off of uh, our Facebook feed about this show, and it's about movies. Do you know what nemesis means? Um, Joe Green says, love to hear you guys' thoughts on the new third Man of Steel trailer. Uh, and then Jacob DeFour seconded that. Um, so they, they released a new Man of Steel trailer. It's really the first trailer that kind of tells a little bit more of the story. Everything else was really more of a teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, and ju- Have you seen this, Jesse? Yeah, I, this was the one piece of pre-production I actually did. Excellent. So, yeah. So first of all, what are your thoughts? Are you excited about this film now? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. It's like, I was kind of okay about this film. Now I really want to see it. I I don't – I'm not super jazzed up on it, but it seems like something I'd want to see. The CGI looks really cool. I think it's absurd yeah. to think that uh, Kal-El is played by Russell Crowe. <laughs> Why? Come on. Why? That, Kal-El is Superman's dad, right? Or is that Superman? I think that's that Superman. Real name. I think anyway. that's Superman. It's like Whatever. Jor-El Kal-El or something. Kal-El Sr. Jor-El? Is it Jor-El? It might be Jor-El, yeah. No. Anyway, Russell Crowe just doesn't seem like a, a right fit. Okay. Anyway, but beyond that... <laughs> Kevin Costner's is that on Earth. Which also is weird. Why? Waterworld, baby! I, I know, exactly. Have we forgotten He's how just awesome, that guy. Have we forgotten how awesome Kevin Costner is? Waterworld? I'm not, I'm not, the Postman? I thought all those great apocalyptic films. A League of Their Own? No, that's not a League of Their uh, For Love of the Game? A Love of the Game? Um. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not dissing on Kevin Costner. Feel the I dreams? Just, it's just <laughs> It's weird. And then it's like, how many famous dads do you have, Superman? And then you're like some nobody. Oh, he's the dude from The Immortals. I don't know. Anyway... I think it. I I actually kind of want to go see it, but I'm not super stoked on it. <laughs> is this uh? Is that a pun? Is the pun intended uh, there? Super, no, a pun not intended. Unfortunately. <laughs> so I uh, I tried to look up Kevin Costner's IMDb just now, and mm-hmm. I accidentally I googled Kevin Costner, and the first thing it usually pops up when you Google people is their IMDb. But no, the first thing it popped up was KevinCoster.com. 
Yes, I love when they have their own webpage. <laughs> KevinCoster.com, uh, featuring Kevin Coster and in Modern Weston, famous for killing each other. Music from and inspired by the Hatfields and McCoys. That's the first thing that pops up. I'm going to enter this site real quick. I hope there's no auto music, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if there are. Look at this. Hatfields and McCoys. Oh, my God. It's got his whole thing. Oh, this is cool. Tin Cup. Waterworld. Tin Cup was one? good. Tin Cup's solid, dude. Waterworld is one of my top ten movies of all time. Oh, it, okay. KevinCostner.com literally has every Kevin Costner movie on like this scrolling banner. And then you click on it, and you can watch the trailer for any of these. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you were saying they're all playing at the same time. I wish. In entirety. <laughs> oh, have you heard of this? I, like, 13 Days? Oh, yeah, that's the... That's the... Uh, that's the... Oh, that's the Bay of Pigs one. 3,000 Miles to Graceland? Dragonfly, guys? These are modern classics. Is this what we're doing now? We're just... The naming Kevin Costner movies. <laughs> the Guardian, where he stars with Ashton Kutcher as a as a Navy helicopter diver guy. Ashton Kutcher, now there's a good guy for Superman. There you go. Now we have it. So anyway, yes. Uh, I think we do need to start a new cast where all we do is watch a Kevin Costner film and then talk about it. The cost cast. Cost cast. So any, any other thoughts about the Roger trailer, Jesse? Oh. Well, one of the reasons I'm excited about this is they're probably going to make a multi-movie arc out of yeah. this. You yeah. know. And this is setting the tone for the Justice League. Well, see, th that's why I'm not excited. What okay. I'm excited for is this movie because I love I love the first uh, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. I like the first X-Men movie right. of the recent ones. Yeah. Uh, I like the – well, I, anyway. I like it when they're like in that coming-of-age period so you like the origin story some people don't like the origin story they think it takes too up too much of the movie those are my favorite ones and then they always blow it out of proportion and try and do something like bigger and better for yeah. the second one but it rarely works yeah so i don't know i'm excited for this one and then i'll pass on the rest including all the justice League. are you serious yeah. i'm super serious all right so this is what i really came here to talk about so yes i i'm very excited about this trailer i'm now going to see this movie in the theater and I might see it opening weekend because I'm super – I'm actually very stoked about this. Like this is a lot more Nolan than than Snyder in my opinion from what I've seen from the trailers. What you uh, just said means absolutely nothing to me. Well, Christopher Nolan is producing the it's film. It's more Nolan than Snyder. And Zack Snyder is directing the film. And Zack Snyder directed Watchmen and 300 and uh, the, uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake um, and Sucker Punch. And then Nolan, of course, did Batman and – and all that stuff. But anyway, so this all this is all happening. And if it's going in this more like darker, more real place, um, you know, people have early response to this film has been that uh this world kind of lends itself to the Nolan esque Batman world and it that it could be feasible that those two worlds could meld. Which I I talked about this in an earlier podcast. I really don't understand why people are like, Well, you can't have Superman and in Christopher Nolan's Batman world, it's like that's up to super. That's up to the Superman movie. If they figure out a way to pull it off and it works, then it works. Like give them a chance, people. But so if this Justice League movie comes up, and Jesse, we've talked about this a little bit before. Like they're gonna have to remake the Green Lantern movie, which I don't think is a huge deal. Like they remade the Hulk like a few years after the yeah. Ang Lee Hulk Hulk uh, was was released. Um. So, and you've talked about this where you think, like, Green Lantern, like, he should be, like, a Vietnam soldier 
who gets like shot down and then goes into a prisoner of war camp. Mm-hmm. You Basically, about uh, the John McCain biography. Is this is this a uh, is this an actual Green Lantern story? Yeah, that's like uh, one of the Green Lanterns was a, a POW of Vietnam. Okay, because this makes sense. Like, if you show if he shows his iron will, like the problem with the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern is that he was like just a cocky bastard, and then he like finds the alien and he gives him the ring, and for some reason he has this amazing will. Which is the power that powers Green Lantern, his will. But, like, if he actually is a cocky dude, a cocky fighter pilot, who is in Vietnam, gets shot down, then goes to a POW camp, and then then forges his will through his will to survive in that camp and to keep other people alive and to be a hero within that that environment, much like what they deal with Captain America in World War II, I think that that is something that people will respond to. Right. But it runs into the problem is that now you have Green Lantern in the in the like late sixties, early seventies, and Superman and Batman are living now. So, yeah, you just have to like hit the fast forward button a little bit. Well, it's funny you say that because if you look at the Justice League, the original Justice League was founded by the original fast forward button, the Flash. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that the Flash can do. You could do a period piece for the Green Lantern. Well, you could, but you got to get him up into our time. And the way yeah. that you do that is with the Flash, because the Flash can travel interdimensionally. He can vibrate his body in a way that lets him travel between dimensions. So he travels to a dimension uh, where Vietnam is still happening. And in that world, like the Vietnam storyline goes along, then the alien ship crashes, he inherits the Green Lantern powers, and then he becomes the Green Lantern in that world. The Flash can go to that world and get him and bring him to our modern times with Superman and Batman because uh, they have a crisis that needs the help of more than just the two of them together. Is this for the Justice League movie? This is for the Justice League movie. This is how they oh, do it. I thought we were talking about the new Green Lantern movie. Well, sort of. Because I thought it would be cool if like the Green Lantern movie is kind of like how they did X-Men First Class and it's just mm-hmm. kind of a standalone period thing that takes place yeah. in like the 70s, the mid-70s, has got kind of like a Dirty Harry feel to it. Yeah. Well, I, you can, and you can do that. Um, you know, and then they, the Flash shows up uh, post, post-credit tease. Post-credit. Yeah. And then brings him into another dimension. He's like, you need to shield your, uh, your molecules right now because I'm going to vibrate you so fast that you're going to go into another dimension and any other man would disintegrate. That is a hell of a pickup line. So then he has to use his Green Lantern power to put a shield over himself and fortify his molecules. <laughs> then Flash vibrates him into another dimension. At the end of the move, at the end of the Green Lantern movie, he'll just be like sitting at a bar, like drinking a Budweiser, and then the Flash walks in. Right. It's like I'm, you're gonna need to shield your molecules right now because <laughs> I'm gonna vibrate you into another dimension. <laughs> I love it, dude. I think, and then that's how you get it, and that's how you do it. Just do it, guys. I don't know how Wonder Woman gets in there. Anyway, I think I think that it could happen, guys. And I'm real. That's what makes me so excited about the Superman trailer is that uh, if they pull it off right, and if they can make it, and if you know, then there's talk of maybe them mentioning Gotham City in there, which would allow this world to start expanding, and then maybe we can actually get a Justice League movie that we can all stand behind. So if Nolan can pull this off from a producing standpoint, uh, I'm very excited to see where this where this can go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm stoked. Let's go. Let's go watch it. Uh, more Kevin Costner movies now. 
Um, <laughs> Message in a Bottle, uh, The War, mm-hmm. Wyatt Earp, uh, uh-huh. JFK, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. A lot of Wait, biopics. Did, did you say JFK or AFK? JFK. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Bull Durham, No Way Out, The Untouchables. Just a classic thing. And we're very excited that uh, that Man of Steel will be added to this canon of amazing filmography. The Costnerverse. The Costnerverse. <laughs> Jesse, what's your first topic? Uh, well, for my first topic, I want to talk about something that I read on Reddit. Tusked whales, narwhals, the unicorns of the sea. Extra, extra, Reddit on Reddit, Reddit on Reddit. And that's the way it is. Attention, I read it on Reddit. All right. So uh, there was a Ask uh, Reddit question posed that uh, I think is it'd be fun to talk about. Okay. Um, it, the question is, if you were to die in real life, uh-huh. what loot would you drop? So there's a there's actually only a couple of good answers here. Right. The number one answer is pre-war money, uh, park stroller outfit, cell phone, keys to Lawrence home, and iguana bits. <laughs> I like iguana bits. I think that might be a reference to something. It's a Fallout Three reference. That, okay, that's there's iguana meat everywhere, but there are no iguanas. That's hilarious. Yeah, I um, think that's just their way of saying human meat. Oh, gross. Get it? Uh huh. Uh, so the second one is uh, Ring of Thoughtless Provocation. <laughs> I love that. So this, this one, uh, this is like a magic item. So creates a beer charge for each beer consumed. Beer charges last 12 hours. Drinking a new beer refreshes charges. Max stacks 20. Passive effect. You have a chance to think of something in your past you'd have uh, totally done differently and then dwell on it incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> this, this chance is equal to five times the number of beer charges. Active effect, consume all beer charges to do X disease damage to enemies in a cone in front of you where X is 20 times the number of beer charges. Using this ability renders you unconscious afterwards and unable to use other abilities for 12 hours, 24-hour cooldown. Excellent. So that, that's probably the most cre- uh, creative one there. I so I, I thought we could go back and forth and uh, think about what kind of stuff... We would drop if we were uh, a video game monster and we were killed, well, as it were. So, and this can be because, like, if I just like dropped what I have, I would drop a hoodie, basketball shorts, and slippers right now. Yeah, exactly. But you you gotta think of yourself, or I guess um, just cash outfit, just your <laughs> cash outfit. Yeah, your cash outfit. No. Um, and boxer shorts, people. I'm not a monster. Mm. Well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so think about like I don't know maybe if you're heading to work or something mm-hmm. kind of in your your strolling or your traveling gear. So I I think I would um <laughs> I would drop a growler that has a 50% chance of being full right. if not, you know, it's just empty glass growler. Uh-huh. And then uh Kita Honda cord and then on a separate keychain, Kita brewery <laughs> with a knife and bottle opener on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commoner's clothes. There you go. And uh, extra tough boots, uh, granting the wearer 15% uh, protection from water. Uh-huh. And Only then, 15%, uh, huh? Fi- yeah, I'd say 15%. I think that's the thing about extra tough boots is that they're really water repellent from every angle except for one which in which they're not water repellent at all. From upwards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you could just pour water down them 
And then well, and then the water stays in. It, yeah. That's true, yeah. but you try not to it's pour feaster, water down your boots. It's feast or famine with those things. Yeah. Well, you that's why you have your your pants tucked in there to like divert it. Oh, you're saying 50% of your body. No, 15. I know. 15% of your body is covered in water resistance. Right. Plus, I mean, you take a lot of you take a lot of damage from water damage from the, your feet. Oh, really? I, ju- I mean, just leave. in general in life. How right. often do your feet get soaked? Yeah. What socks, often. man? What socks are the worst? Anyway, and then my final a- item I think would be a flannel jacket, 10% cold reduction. Yeah. I would have like a, um, I would call it a, a magical window uh, device that <laughs> connects you to uh, multiple other anonymous users of a website or of a common forum mm-hmm. while at the same time uh, pronouncing voices of random people into your ears. Uh, and it also tells you the time. And that's my iPhone. You know what I was thinking, actually, as you're saying that? Because mm-hmm. I, I I do this uh, D&D campaign. I'm, I'm always trying to think of like how magic items in D&D would replace technology. Uh-huh. And uh, so the spell scry, you have to like have a window mm-hmm. or, or a mirror, sorry. Like you cast it and you enchant the mirror and you're scrying on someone. But if two people were scrying on each other with like little Ooh. mirrors that they held in their pockets, they could totally talk to each other. It'd be like an iPhone with FaceTime. That's true. Anyway. It'd be like cell phones in D and D, as long as you both had the spell scry. I'm just saying, if like one of our listeners hadn't hasn't played D and D before, and you just say two people are scrying on each other, it doesn't <laughs> Cast- sound good. Casting the spell scry, they're Come just on. casting scry on one another. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually casting scry on themselves and then speaking to one another while they're doing it. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's like the main thing. So not only does this magical window suck away all your time and speak to you in random voices, but the only reason you keep it in your pocket because it gives you an accurate time. <laughs> uh, and it lets people scry on you mm-hmm. whenever they want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also have a bag of holding, which is what I call my backpack. Uh-huh. Because uh, I not only have my gym clothes in there, but I also have my laptop. Mm. And then I have my idea journal. Mm. And then I have a baseball prospectus magazine, which I use to sandwich my laptop to give it padding. <laughs> now, uh, would reading the journal activate any sort of side quest? Yeah, side quest of <laughs> sitting down and writing in it. <laughs> if you read the, if you open the journal, you will spend at least twenty minutes uh, staring at it. <laughs> um. It's a cursed item. It's a cursed item. Oh, I also have magic cards and my uh, my power supply for my laptop in there. It is a bag of holding because it has a lot of different things in there. That's true. Um, and your occasion it has an occasional like chocolate uh, cookie. Mm, nice. So, yeah. what's the percentage on getting the chocolate cookie? It's like five percent. Oh, that's pretty rare. Yeah, it's that's a rare, rare chocolate cookie. But you know, <laughs> if you roll <laughs> if you roll a sixteen or higher, depending on your cookie modifier. Uh, you, you could definitely have it. Yeah, th- there's probably like a 
ten percent chance you get a Kindle Fire off of me. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I have my uh, my woolen hat of rain resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, my woolen cap of rain resistance, and then my uh, I have a jacket of I would say twenty percent water resistance. But my jeans are negative 20% water resistance. <laughs> jeans of water absorption. Jeans of water absorption and retention. <laughs> and uh, and then bus pass. It is kind of stupid <laughs> that, like, in Seattle, so many people wear jeans. Like, denim is a horrible oh, yeah. uh, material for this environment. Seattle is – I also want to get into this just for one second, people. I don't not understand why people cannot drive in the rain in Seattle. And like, it is crazy. People go, people go weird. bonkers. My bus ride today took an extra fifteen minutes because people can't understand how to drive on downtown streets that are well drained in the rain in April. It's been raining for six months already. People, all right. <laughs> you think you get it into your head by now, even if you're new? Yeah. I and then know. I don't even know anymore. I. This rain shadow thing has really affected me. Well, that's good because uh, – and then everybody's wearing jeans. Like I literally have to get home and change my clothes because I'm just damp. I'm yeah. not even wet. I'm just damp and uncomfortable. I got a I, – I want like tent material pants. <laughs> that's the worst idea ever. Why? That, it's water resistant. It's not water resistant. What T- are you talking about? Tent material is water resistant if it gets water on it. But then if you touch it, then the water comes straight through. That's a, that's true. What is up with that? <laughs> I don't know. Just don't touch it, which is really hard to get your legs to not touch the inside of your pants. <laughs> if you can figure out a way, Jesse, you might be, you might be onto something. I don't know. I want a new pant material. I'm done with denim, which is just cotton. <sighs> yeah, denim is wor- denim is bad, but then it also looks good. Maybe yeah. That's I mean, true. that's its curse. I need wool pants. Its beauty is its curse. <laughs> Denim. Just like me. Yeah. All right, I, let's move on. It's always fun to think about, you know, your world as an RPG. Because really, that's all we're doing is we're just playing a big RPG. Except when, a, it, when it's game over, it's game over. Yeah. That, that would be awesome, like, if there was an afterlife and you could, like, request <laughs> random stuff. I would love to have my, uh, my like, me, my person, mm-hmm. boiled down to D and D three point five character sheet. Yeah, that's what the afterlife is: is they just hand you a character sheet and then you play that sheet in a, a table with your friends for the rest of your life. And <laughs> your bitch. your character sheet is based off of your own life. Maybe our life here is just uh, people playing, playing us D&D. in D and D in the afterlife. Man, Think that's that. that is a really boring game of D and D. Yeah, super boring. That's the original simulation <laughs> theory, though. And then I spend the next three hours <laughs> uh, completing a spreadsheet for my boss. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> there, All there, right, six uh, seconds goes by. <laughs> Continue doing that. Continue. All right, next six seconds. Uh, yeah, keep keep going. Uh, printer so- error. <laughs> Roll, <laughs> roll, roll a 20. technical skill. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Ah, fuck. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to role play an hour and a half of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> They're LARPing. Oh, oh God. Boy. Um, all right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to some trivia. What do you say, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, doing world domination again this week. 
which I love world domination. I really enjoy it as long as the questions aren't about Australia. No yeah. offense, Alice Springs. Yeah, it's just too it's too just specific. Too and until somebody from Alice Springs gives us gives us their Skype name, we can't do a phone Alice Springs, which means we can't do Australia anymore. <laughs> um, I don't even think we've done Europe, dude. This is Asia again. All we do is Australia and Asia. I'm gonna roll it one more time. Wow. I'm sorry. I just want to do. Oh fuck! It's Australia. <laughs> you would Australia. All right. Here we. Oh good. It's Americas. Ooh. Let's roll, home dude. Home field advantage. Home field advantage. Let's do this shit. Okay. Which late actor appears in the Harry Potter movies? Is it me? My yeah. Um, I don't know his name. Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore won. <laughs> Shouldn't this be British? Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Richard is he, Harris. Is he the, an American actor? The great American actor, Richard Harris. He might be American. I don't think he's American. I think he's British. All right. And so is Jake. How is this even an American question? <laughs> Well, it was made in Hollywood. Uh, what does B.B. King call his guitar? This one's from me. I believe he calls his guitar Lucille. He calls it Muddy Waters. Lucille. Yeah, he's Irish. Who? Richard Harris. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, you know, Warner, Bro King is. Warner Brothers is an American company. Uh, so well, there is <laughs> there's that. But no one else in the Harry Potter movies is American. <laughs> All right, Jesse, this one's for you. I'm up one to nothing. What killed Wayne McLaren, the man who was the hero of the Marlboro ads? Oh, cancer. Cancer of what, bro? Lung? I'm going to go with emphysema. Cancer. Didn't doesn't even stipulate. <laughs> Can't, a giant crab. This is what I love about world domination. It just doesn't try very hard. It doesn't. It's not like the guy who comes in and is, it's not. It's not Alex Trebek. Like so it's, I also love that that's one of the the questions <laughs> about America is like kind of a snotty jab at America. Right. <laughs> uh, this one's for me. Who played Jim Lovell in the movie Apollo Thirteen? I'm gonna go with with Tanks, Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, I guess I'll go with uh, uh, Richard Harris. Richard Harris? He was in the movie. Tom Hanks. I got it. Let's give thanks for Tom Hanks. Get it? Because it's T. Hanks. That's true. Uh, plus, he did a Nerdist podcast, and it was like the great... He he's, he does amazing impersonations. Yeah? I'm excited about Tom Hanks again. <laughs> Tom Hanks is in right now. Let's get him in the green... Let's make him the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> like... Just leave, like, the pot belly and just get him in a red spandex suit and put, a, like, a metal bowl on his head. Well, wasn't he in Jumpin' Jack Flash? Was he? I know Whoopi Goldberg, know Whoopi Goldberg was. Goldberg. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got to be, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking this up right now. Jumping Jack Flash. It's a, it's a gas, gas, gas. I guess I, I'm not seeing any... Any tanks? Nineteen eighty-six, baby. This is yeah, good year. Uh, this is not Tiananmen Square. Jo Stephen Collins, John Wood, Carol Kane, Annie Potts, Peter Michael Getz, Roscoe Lee Brown. Any of these actors? They're all in uh, mm -hmm. Jumpin' Jack Flash. Um, no, Tom Hanks. Uh, Richard Harris is in it. They're <laughs> yeah. They're all. Uh, they all, all incidentally were also all in Saving Private Ryan. 
but just in that, <laughs> just in the opening scene. Uh, yeah, that scene where uh, Whoopi Goldblum, yeah, well, Whoopi got her uh, runs off both of, of her the, legs blown off. Yeah, she's crawling through the sand, crazy. and then Tom Hanks picks her up on her back and and carries her to safety. Uh, all right, let's let's go ahead and move on. Uh, to my second topic, and my second topic is going to be a new category because it's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for packs. Pax tickets went on sale, and mm-hmm. you know, it's there's been a lot of uh, a lot of murmurs, a lot of uh, angry fist uh, shaking at the Pax people because um, you know last year Pax tickets the the three day passes for Pax sold out in like an hour. Um, this year they sold out in about five minutes, and then the entire event was sold out within six hours. And it's a four-day event. They had an extra day, and this still happened. Yeah. Um, the way that PAX sells their tickets is that they uh, they just intermittently, sometime in mid-April, are like, PAX tickets are on sale, and then everybody rushes in and grabs their PAX tickets. The way that they did it this year is they uh, they partnered with a with a with a company. I think they were called like Tickets Clicks or something. I'll, I'll find what their name was. Uh, but once you clicked, I, hey, I want a ticket on their website, that you were put into a queue. Uh, some people were put into the queue for, like, hours, and it never told them, like, what their spot was in the queue or anything. Show clicks. Uh, well, whereas other people who logged in after them were got in the cl- queue, and then they were in, in, like, five minutes. Yeah, that's pretty infuriating. Uh, that part is really awful. Um, and I set it up. Because I, I, I nabbed my PAX tickets. I didn't get a four-day pass, even though I was in literally, like, within minutes of them posting it on Twitter. Uh, in fact, it said you can get a four-day pass, and I clicked on it. And I tried to get two because I wanted one for me and one for Jesse. And then when I hit send, it kicked me back, and we're like, oh, four-day passes are sold out. So I was literally like, 30 seconds late to getting a four-day pass. Oh, bummer. Yeah. But uh, but I just happened to open two windows, and, like, one of the windows was in the queue line for, like, 30 seconds. The other window was in the queue line for, like, uh, like uh, it just kept spinning and spinning and spinning. It never went in. So that's kind of infuriating. Um, but, uh, but another thing I did is I just set up my phone so that it would uh, automatically send any text messages from the official PAX uh, website. It would or any tweets from the official PAX Twitter page, it would automatically send those via text message to my phone. So I was able to get that text that said, tickets are now on sale, run to my desk, and then get right in there. This is absurd. Why is it so absurd, Jadon? Uh, don't they realize that people have jobs? Mm-hmm. People have lives and commitments. Like It's literally impossible for me to buy tickets to this event, yeah, except you- through a scalper. Or your friend. Because of the way they've set it up. Or your friend who nabbed you tickets. I know, and uh, thank you very much. But like, if it weren't for you, I would be up S Creek without a P. Yeah, it's true. I'm, no paddle in Seattle for this guy. 
how, so and there's been a lot of grumbling um, online. Like about I, this, I have a about job where process. I can't I can't do that. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I my I'm very dictated by the course of the day, and like I don't know. It's, it's just yeah. They're so, not making it easy for the people who have supported right. them and helped them grow to uh, continue to participate in this event. It's true. Uh, but what would how would you suggest they do diff like what would you suggest they do differently? There should be like some sort of lottery process where like you sign up ahead of time and you get like everyone gets entered into it and then uh, they like draw from the lottery and give you the opportunity to buy a ticket. Wow. I actually haven't heard this idea, but I actually really like it. Because if if a lottery person can buy multiple tickets, then like you and all your friends can enter the lottery. And then, and then you have a pretty good shot of getting tickets for yeah. you know you and all your friends. That's interesting. It would also up, I think, the number of tickets people would buy. There needs to be a larger window for people to have the opportunity to say, "I want a ticket." Yeah, is the thing. It shouldn't just be like X amount of hours on this day because if you just didn't have the chance to participate during those hours, then you're boned. Yeah, it should be like. We're taking this entire week. You can sign up. Like mm-hmm. one, I don't know, one email address gives you one chance, or like one credit card number even gives you a chance at yeah. the yeah that means the lottery, and then we'll we'll just randomly sell you know forty thousand of them. Well, there was also you know uh, if you want to go to Comic Con now, you have to pre-register for Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And you pre-register. They give you a registration code, and I think it's based off of your physical address. Yeah, and then you can like that. you can only um, you can only have one code per physical address, and you can only order one ticket per code. That that makes so much sense. It does, but it's just such a tough problem because the guys at PAX they can't raise another another option is raising the ticket prices. Which doesn't make any sense because that's only going to raise scalper prices. Yeah. And it's not going to stop the scalpers because it's a guaranteed no. sellout event. Um, so the only person you're hurting are the actual – are the, are your public to come. And, you know, if you don't have a lot of cash, paying 30 bucks for one day of PAX is actually a pretty good deal. Like, yeah. PAX is a great thing. It's awesome. You and can have a lot of fun in one day. You can have a lot of fun in one day. You show up at, I don't know what time. I think the ex, it opens at like 10, but it's open till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. So you have a good 16 hours to, to do what you do. I guess that's 14 hours. No, it's 16 hours. I did the math correctly that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can't raise the ticket prices. And then the other thing is if they, if they announced the day that the tickets were going to go on sale beforehand, then it would just crash the system and it would sell out in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, um, here's the other thing. Um, I was talking about this with Jordy because th- they've introduced the fourth day for the first time. Mm-hmm. So the question is like, why did they do the fourth day? Is it because yeah. they're adding more content that takes another day or because they're trying to get more people to be able to experience it, right? I think, I think it's supply and demand because like, you know, we, we applied to do a panel last year. And we didn't get in, but they were able to have 100 panels last year, and they had 400 people apply to do panels. Or yeah. 400 different panels apply. So they were like, well, we have that, and then we also have, you know, we're a guaranteed sellout event, and 
we already are accommodating 80,000 people. If more people can be there. I mean, the demand is there. They, they waited t- 10 years to do that. That's true. There, the demand is there. Yeah. But I, I think that they should not have sold four-day passes. Yeah, and it looks like that they also sold a very they, – they lowered the number of four-day passes. Mm. Like that's oh, what I that think. That makes sense. Because they sold out so fast. They sold out within like five minutes. So I'm thinking they probably had like 10,000 four-day passes and then 70,000 one-day passes. Yeah, that that does make sense. I was just thinking that they should have done like two sets of three-day passes, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a mm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then yeah. – Sold extra Monday and uh, Friday passes. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, the other thing is that like people were buying four hundred dollars now a three day or four day pass is now four hundred dollars on eBay. Ugh. People are buying these. People were buying these before all of the one day passes got sold out. So I think ah. there's also just a lot of noobs out there. It's like. <laughs> You, if you buy four single day passes, it's one hundred and twenty dollars as opposed to ninety five dollars for a four day pass. So you're paying twenty five dollars more, which is a lot better than three hundred and five dollars more. Yeah. Um, Plus, I like doing the one day pass. Honestly, I think it's kind of a good way to go because you got I a like, lot more. You got a lot more flexibility. Yeah, flexibility. But uh, but anyway, it's it's kind of a good problem to have on their part. I mean, they just made bank in six hours. I think and we just need more conventions. Yeah. The other thing, and this is what's something that kind of bothers me when I think about it, because really the solution for this is you need more capacity. And yeah. we're maxed out in Seattle. The yeah. convention center is the biggest place in Seattle. And they're already, like this year, they've announced that they're already spreading out to four different venues. So... Like in the past, they've done either Benaroya or the Paramount Theater. Now they're doing both Benaroya and the Paramount Theater, and they're doing two hotels downtown as well. So mm-hmm. PAX is starting to take over all of downtown Seattle. They could take over Quest Field also. Yeah, but that's just so far. Like it's not walking distance, you know? It's walking distance. It's not walking distance. It is totally walking it's o- distance. It's over a mile. That's not that's walking fine. distance. Well, get a shuttle or something. One, yeah. that is walking distance. A lot of these people could use the extra mile. Well, you can't have people walk over a mile. You're going to get a lot more people <laughs> complaining if you just do that. Well, the, fine. But this is more the thing. room at the uh, auxiliary. Yeah, at the, at the Quest Field the Madden simulator. Live action Madden. Live action Madden. Dude, we should just go to a football game, like a CX game, and be like, is this live action Madden? Uh, this is exactly like funny. Madden, guys. <laughs> well, this I didn't is know they exactly did live like action Madden. Madden. Wow, uh, these people are really dedicated. <laughs> those costumes are great. Yeah, that cosplay is awesome. That looks pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. <laughs> uh, so there's that. But like, I'm really concerned that PAX may not be in Seattle in the future. Do you think I, that this is an I option? Because other people are much. saying that it's never going to happen. But when you're looking at it, you see like E3 down in Los Angeles, or you, you know, or like Las Vegas is a place you could go. Um, you know, San Diego Comic Con accommodates like a hundred thousand people. Like, there's other West Coast cities you could do packs at, and I would be super bummed if it wasn't in Seattle. They like Seattle so much, though. Yeah, it's their hometown. I don't think they're going to move it from Seattle. It's, it's a point of pride. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this, we're going to have to adopt our, our uh, we're going to have to adapt our strategy for PAX this year because one Why? of our staples is no longer. 
What is? Oh yeah, that's true. Vons is closed. Vons, uh, after flailing for the last couple of years, has yeah. finally closed its doors. That place was always busy, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Always there. busy, and it closed down. I think that they just bought too much alcohol. Honestly, that that back shelf was always just full. It was like a giant wall of alcohol. It's like guys, manage your overhead. That's true. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> they, I, I would have loved to see a bar of rescue. Yeah, I, it's just a bummer because like that is the place where we came up with the idea for personal arrogance. That's I know. what the podcast is named after. Is they used to have personal pictures of arrogant bastard that we would get when we go to PAX. It's like thirty ounces of arrogant bastard ale for ten bucks, and uh, and now the personal arrogance is no more. But then they eliminated the personal pictures they anyway. Did. So we are all that remains. <laughs> That's, we should buy it. Yeah. We'll buy bonds. <laughs> we'll sell the the uh, the Arrogant Master Ale. Mm-hmm. I don't like that name. <sighs> okay. Arrogant <laughs> Master. <laughs> well, we... I don't know. I The thing is, now we have our tickets. We're solid there. Uh, now I'm just excited for PAX. And I know that they have some problems with the way that this is happening. But what we've done is we've set up a network of people that we've been able to kind of get that done and get that happening. Um, and that's kind of what you got to do. You got to get your friends involved. Uh, it's the new world we live in with this packing because it's sold out in six hours this year. It's going to sell it in an hour next year. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe Brave they'll change the strategy. Yeah. But uh, I, I feel like the way they're selling tickets now is it's bunk, shameful. Dude. It's, it's bad. And the other thing is there's no authentication. So, like, you know, when you get a Google account – you have to authenticate it by typing in a weird uh, you know, uh-huh. picture. They don't do that. So you could have a, you could program a bot to just buy the tickets for you, which I'm pretty sure is what happened on mm. the initial thing. You just have a bot that checks the site over and over and then um, and then buys the tickets for you. Maybe that's what we need to do next year. Well, yeah, but I know we do have a programmer in the family. But, mm-hmm. uh, but if they just had some kind of third-party identity, party authentication before you get in to buy your tickets i think that that would solve that problem yeah well the the question though is you know is scalping really that big of a deal i mean on ebay i I, like what i heard was like there were 75 tickets up on sale pretty quickly on ebay but i mean that's still not i mean that's like it's like scalping isn't the deal here it's just a high demand event yeah it is just demand and scalping is a very small amount and people are buying for their friends because it's very hard to get tickets yeah it'd be cool if there was like some sort of like priority code that you got on the badge that you could use next year like once to get like a priority reservation well i just want to be grandfathered in for god's sake yeah i know well the other thing is that that people are saying well you should have your name on your badge and they should check ids at the door that would that would take forever that would be the worst thing ever (laughs) that would take so long it would be awful and then you have people complaining and like Try to pick. It would just be the worst. You'd have to yeah. camp out. You would get there Friday. You'd get in on Sunday afternoon. Uh, yeah, that's a terrible idea. Whoever thought of that is not well, really. It was on Reddit, it so it's quite possible that they were like fourteen. <laughs> All right, Jesse, what's your seco? Well, uh, we'll make this quick. Um, there's some interesting news in the world of science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, 
Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Right, stop. Uh, the Kepler telescope has spotted uh, three new planets that are in the so-called Goldilocks zone. Oh yeah, baby, Earth-like planets. Th- yeah, it dovetails with the whole, like, you know, going to going to um, Mars mm-hmm. and uh, you know implementing yep. new uh, thirty kilometers a second, baby. You did, yeah, fission reactors or whatever it was. Hit that. And uh, they found these uh, new planets uh, that are just in the range where water could exist. And right now, the idea is for life to exist, water has to exist also. So let's look mm-hmm. for other planets with water. And uh, maybe one, maybe they'll we'll find life there. And two, if not, then maybe we can transplant life there. Yeah, and that's the idea is that. This is our, this is our, after we kick the shit out of this planet, we have somewhere to go. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, it's weird though. Cause they like, they don't really have any idea what the planets actually look like. They just, <laughs> yeah. They it's, just notice them because like, Hey, that star went dim for a second. Something must right. have flown in front of it. Oh, That's it's a planet. Speck, uh, there was a speck of darkness on that star. Uh huh. We need to check that out. Check that out. Oh, Goldilocks zone, baby. So it, it's still like, I think in the future we're going to look back and like laugh yeah. at the way we're doing things now. Well, it's kind of the only way you could do it. I mean, it's light years away. It's And the amazing thing is, you know, you look up at the night sky, you're, sky, you're literally looking in the past. I know. That's cool. It freaks you out because distance is time. Anyway. And time is money. Therefore, so distance, distance is money. Is money? Yeah, ExxonMobil figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> um, so, so the thing that makes this, the thing that intrigues me about this is that, like, somewhere in NASA, there's like a, a file of like Goldilocks planets. Yeah, that's true. And then, like, uh, you've got to think there's like something like the Goldilocks protocol, where <laughs> you go and you're like, oh, the Earth is now gone completely to shit. We have to, we have to implement the Goldilocks protocol. Yeah, where you send Goldilocks. probes out to uh-huh. uh, to get these us Goldilocks a spaceship, planets. get us a blonde girl, mm-hmm. get us three bears, three bears. Because we're going to space. <laughs> it's a weird thing, but trust me on this one, guys. All the rest of it loaded up with porridge. Yeah. Well, see, it blew my mind. I think we talked about thirty kilometers a second last week. Mm-hmm. About this uh, this thirty kilometer second uh, engine that they're building at the University of Washington. Yeah, it takes a week to speed up and a week to slow down. Right, um, or else everyone will just die. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, <laughs> why are there so many craters on the moon? Oh god, it's not because of asteroids. It's because of an ancient civilization yeah. that. Uh, Got space age technology, <laughs> but couldn't figure out how to slow down. Oh man, yeah, you go to the dark side of the moon; it's completely smooth. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the fact of the matter is, is that the Goldilocks or the this thirty kilometers a second is way too slow to make make it to one of these planets. Mm, yeah, yeah, that is true. Like, I don't know how fast that is to the speed of light. Yeah. Is it a tenth of the speed of light? No, it's. I don't even think that's one percent of the speed of light. Jeez, I think the speed of light is like one billion kilometers a second or something. <laughs> Pretty sure it's, it's probably like it's numbers. probably like a trillion. 
If there's only a way to look this up. Uh, yeah, uh, Speed of know. Light is... 200... See if it's on KevinCostner.com. Yeah. Uh, he did do a movie called Speed of Light 1981 with uh, Gina Gershon. Uh, and Gina Davis. Yeah, both. That was who I was going for. Uh, speed of light, 299,792,458 meters per second, which I believe you move that decimal over <laughs> two or one. I think it's one. Is it one? Math guys. So like you're talking like 29 million meters per kilometers per second. So yeah, or I, I guess that would be two. That would be two million, but even still. And th- and then you're not even talking about getting there because these things are like a hundred light years away. So uh, yeah, we're gonna need wormholes, guys. Yeah, get working on that. Let's wormhole this shit, or we need or we need the Flash. Yeah, um, for the Justice League and for humanity. Can Flash go through space? Uh, you can go interdimensionally. I bet you. Well, I mean, Green Lantern could probably put a shield around him to get him up there. What Flash is kind of overpowered. Why? Because he's like super powerful. He's a man amongst. Are you talking about Green Lantern? No, the Flash. Yeah, he's a man amongst uh, statues. Like, he, think about like a. We've talked about this before on the podcast. But like a mosquito lives like seven days or something. Don't quote me on that. Think of a bug that that lives for like three days. Like to them, those three days are probably like a lifetime to us, right? Or we've talked about this where. You know, when you're 10 years old, a year seems forever because right. it's one-tenth of your life. But when you're 100 years old, it's one one-hundredth of your life. It goes by super fast. Right. The Flash, everything goes by super fast. He's basically just living in slow motion at all times. Do you think it – how does he communicate? Does he just sit there and be like, how yeah. are <laughs> you? Yeah, he's got to, like, <laughs> control his jaw. How is he not insane? Yeah. That's just, and that's his weakness, Jesse. Now we found it. Insanity. <laughs> Vinsanity. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it's great that these things are out there, but we got to figure out a way to warp in order to get there. It's mm, just so, it's sad because they're there. And, you know, it's a whole theory of like, you know, if extraterrestrials did exist, that they would have been here already. Because if you're thinking about civilizations that are millions of years older than us or millions of years ahead of us, they've they they would have figured out a way to warp. Or warping is just completely out of the picture, and there's just no way we could ever reach these planets. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the aliens know to stay away because a couple of them got drunk and crashed into Roswell, New Mexico, and it didn't end well. Exactly. So they're like, stay away from that quadrant. Stay away from that quadrant because they arrest people when they're drunk. <laughs> They they cut you up. They will cut you down. And You'll up. end up on a table if you go near Earth. I do like this. Uh, so, Jesse, thank you for, so much for the science. Do you have anything else on the science topic? Uh, no, that's that's about it. There's some hilarious ads here. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Why are scientists? Why scientists are urging men across the country to build muscle? <laughs> why? Why would you want to build know. muscle? I to click to find out. Why would you ever want to build muscle? Why would you want to be a fit human being? <laughs> but scientists are urging it. They're urging it. Men, listen to our pleas. Technically, <laughs> doctors are scientists. You need to get cut. So I'm on Facebook because I'm just about to do the Facebook roundup. And I've got this great ad over on the right side that just says, Like Shaq? And it's got a picture <laughs> of Shaquille O'Neal. 
<laughs> That's the entire ad. <laughs> Who is clicking on that? Yes. Like Shaq? I do like Shaq. I do. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. So, uh, so let's do the Facebook roundup real quick. Each week we uh, go on Facebook and we post that we're recording and you tell us what you want us to talk about. Chris Banfield says, Eric, your accents are hilarious. So I'm thinking you should do all the plugs and advertising in a different accent each week. Jesse, give me an give me an accent. Uh, Hungarian. Oh, come on. All my uh, Eastern Bloc accents sound exactly the same. <laughs> okay. Uh, how about uh, Italian? <laughs> a listener to the ball, the move network, and a Ooh. spicy meatball. Oh, jeez. What do you think? Mmm... Give me some Corsican. It's a me, uh, about the move. <laughs> I'm sorry. What about uh, uh, Monaco, Monacan? Monacan. Uh, give me a bold move. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know. My whole world is falling around me. Thanks, Chris. Now I just realize how terrible I am at accents. Mm, French Riviera. Ooh, uh, the about the move. Uh, I want to give you a baguette. And the real. How about uh, Moroccan? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know, Jesse. I don't even know who I am anymore. Uh, anyway, and Chris has been drinking all day, so that's that's two of us. Uh, Mike Cusina says, "What song slash artists are currently on your playlist these days, Jesse? You listen to anybody cool? I'm listening to Macklemore, dude, because he's fucking Seattle and he's." Ruin, ruining my life with his yeah, great songs. I got a couple of singles from him, but yeah. I don't know. I've just been listening to the radio a lot. Yeah, the radio is a great band. <laughs> they play a lot of different stuff. TV on the radio. Sometimes they just talk. Sometimes they try and sell me mattresses. What is yeah. with the amount of mattress ads on radio advertising? It's the only place that mattress, <laughs> mattress ads work. Because <laughs> so many people listen to the radio in bed. I feel like... I feel like mattresses aren't something you just like compulsively buy, no. but I've been subject subjected to thousands of hours of mattress advertising over my life. Dude, it's like cars. Like you really don't buy a car that often, but like all ads are for cars. That's true. Yeah. That just means that it's like insane markup. Mm-hmm. That from what they, they have do to pay sell, for the they're ads. able to af afford like an absurd amount of advertising. Yeah, they didn't but have the ads. Especially mattresses, though. Fords would cost like two thousand dollars for a new Ford Fiesta. It's all advertising, buddy. Uh, Mike Casina says, speaking of music, just caught my four-year-old son humming your outro. That's awesome. That is great. Guess I hum that around him more than I realize. Damn catchy songs. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you know where the song came from, but it was at the original PAX East. We were driving back from Boston to Providence, Rhode Island at like 1, 30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we had this idea because we had just gone to the uh, Pitch Your Game Idea event. Um, and we were all, everybody was drunk, but Levi, which I'm sure was really fun for him. <laughs> and we were like crammed in his tiny car and it was kind of awesome. Uh, and we came up with this idea for Mario Trumpet. Now Mario Trumpet doesn't really have a plot, but it does have a song. <laughs> so we just wanted somebody to walk up to the microphone and go, uh, the name of my game is Mario Trumpet. And then they just start going. <laughs> and then you have like another person stand up <laughs> in like a corner of the room and the 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, like 40 people set up. It was basically, and flash mobs were huge then. I forgot about this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and then that quickly devolved into me just doing mouth trumpet for like an hour, which landed on. <laughs> so thank you. I. I can't believe that us driving in a car drunkenly, not the driver, just the passengers, from Boston to Rhode Island four years ago <laughs> has now been embedded in your son's psyche and he's humming it. Yeah, that's true. That literally... Man, that was... We were all so exhausted. I know. And deprived and you just kept doing that over and over. <laughs> and every time I cracked up. <laughs> And then I fell asleep even after Levi was like, please stay up and keep me oh, yeah. company. And <laughs> then I'm way. out like 15 minutes. That was their way of keeping him awake. <laughs> so anyway, more mind-blowing stuff. And that really blows my mind more than a Goldilocks planet. Um, <laughs> That's true. Larissa Walke, friend of the show. Uh, she, uh, We saw her at PAX last year. Friend of the friend, Sister of friend of the show, Yuri Walkeev, who runs the Hex19 podcast, hex19.com. Uh, said, I would love to hear what uh, personal arrogance – I would love to hear a personal arrogance art appraisal for George W. Bush's paintings that surfaced this week. Did I you see these paintings? That. No, I'm, I'm going to jump over there real quick. They are literally kind of good. Yeah? Like in like a very weird way. Like he he basically only paints his dog in rooms in his house. <laughs> But they look like Coraline, like claymation things. Like, there's actually some skill here, I think. Uh, but my favorite thing about this whole thing is this is, uh, she sent us a link. It's on dailynews.com. It's under the arts section. And, uh, my favorite thing is there's a George W. Bush quote in here where he says, People are surprised. Of course, some people are surprised I could even read. <laughs> He's pretty self-aware. He's very self-aware. Like, really, George W. Bush needs to go and uh, host Saturday Night Live. That would be awesome. With Will Ferrell. He would end up getting reelected or something. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, But his paintings are, are generally oh, pretty okay. His, his, Man, that one sucked. The yeah. second one sucked. What? Yeah. These, are, these are not good. The, I, the ones of his dog are good. The ones of his house are not good. Yeah, the 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 house ones suck. But this is the thing that's interesting is that uh, is that George W. Bush did this because he basically was not president anymore. He didn't have anything to do, and he read a book by another painter slash Bob Ross dude uh, who was a leader of a country, Winston Churchill. Mein Kampf. Oh, so uh, uh, Winston Churchill's book, Painting as a Pastime, which now I need to pick up because apparently it'll show you how to paint your presidential dog. <laughs> in an awesome way. So actually kind of good. Oh, we have to appraise these. So uh, Antiques Roadshow. You know, I have to say on, uh, you know, in a good market, on a good day at auction, um, I would insure this piece for somewhere around uh, $50,000. See, I just, I bought these at a, at a, a yard sale. I just yeah. found these at a yard sale. I was really excited about them. Well, I don't think you realize that these are George W. Bush originals. What? Yeah. It, 
Yeah. Well, I I want to know if I uh, if I'm going to get my money back for what I paid for him at the well, yard sale. I paid four and a half million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesse, you're so funny. Thanks. Oh uh, God. Uh, that's uh, that's improv. George W. Bush was a president. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the late. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think my aunt knew him. Late uh, Triassic period. All right, let's get back to Facebook Roundup. Uh, Jacob DeForest says, We'd love to hear your thoughts on the darker Superman. Oh, we already did that, Jacob. Why do you keep hassling us? <laughs> Josh, <laughs> Josh Perigo. Josh Perigo says, uh, What's the stereotype with people who like to paint? I took a class two years ago to learn. I like to paint. I say, Good for George W. Bush. You're never too old to stop learning new things. Oh, he said he's the one who said that he's breaking stereotypes. Still, stereotypes? What? Only Democrats like to paint? It's very soothing. More people should try it. Anyway, talk about Disney's plans. It's a long lead up, Josh. Uh, anyway, talk about Disney's plans to make six Star Wars movies from 2015 to 2020, over one a year. That's a pretty lofty goal. Um, Josh, I'm sorry. I don't mean to correct you here. But uh, six films from 2015 to 2020 is one a year because you count 2000. Count them on your fingers. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. That's six. But, I mean, I think we talked about this before. Run it into the ground. You're not going to damage it any more than it already is. And we'll always have the original trilogy on Laserdisc. So there's that. Um, oh, gosh. James Patterson blowing it up. The Dire Wolf Project. What? It's a group trying to bring back the Dire Wolf uh, through selective breeding. How Is that awesome? a real thing? I guess. Yeah, totally. The Dire Wolves are like Ice Age Wolves. I thought dire animals were just like a D&D trope. That's what you thought. All D&D is based in reality. That's true. I mean, we just scryed each other. We're scrying each other right now. I'm scrying <laughs> all over your ears. You scry my back, I'll scry yours. How awesome would it be to have a 200-pound wolves running around? What extinct animal would you bring back? And for what nefarious purpose? I think we can all agree the woolly uh, rhino is the only answer. What about the giant sloth? Oh, God, it's a giant sloth. It's a giant sloth. <laughs> it's definitely the giant sloth. And oh it wouldn't God. be cool to have 200-pound wolves running around. I live in a town <laughs> that has a coyote problem, yeah. and like I'm scared of them. <laughs> Uh, dudes, giant sloths. Can you imagine the yeah. majesty of a giant sloth? That would be pretty oh great. Oh my god, I can't even believe it. It would be the coolest thing ever. All zoos would instantly be put out of business because people would just go watch the giant sloths. Yeah, giant sloth zoo. All giant sloths, all giant time. Well, that's the thing. The giant sloths uh, are only observable in the wild because they would get out of any zoo because they're uh, super strong and exactly. smart. Because they're sloths. They're sloth savvy. And they, they, uh, the giant sloths, a lot of people don't know this, but they actually, uh, created rocket ships and tried to colonize the moon, but forgot to figure out how to break. So that exactly. was the only flaw in their ancient civilization. But they were, they did have the gift of language. Mm hmm. And telepathy. <laughs> and telekinesis. Uh, yeah, giant sloths. Gotta be giant sloths. Um, and then finally, Michael King, I don't recall if other, either of you like Doctor Who, but if so, what do you think of the new companion, Clara? I haven't. I have, actually have never seen Doctor Who. I haven't either. 
But I want to be more power to this actress. I think that she deserves it. If she is going to be part of the geek culture, we need to embrace her. Well, the female role's a little underwritten. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to Recos. But before we do, we need to tell you about BallMove.com, guys. Oh, I got to do some voice. Madman, the happy oh. hour. Oh, jeez. Thank you. Thank you. Madman, happy hour. The collaborators, the walk of punishment on the Night's Watch, uh, the beachcombing on the on the on the because show, it's all there. Lap it up, Lassie. Uh, they're getting worse, aren't they? Uh, that's that's really up to the listeners to decide. I guess so. Uh, so anyway, baldmove.com, go there. There's a lot of podcasts. Unfortunately, uh, up here's downstairs is going to be on a hiatus for just a little bit. Um, because of a, tr- a crazy work schedule, and uh, that's a bummer. But all the other podcasts are updating. If you like Mad Men or if you like Game of Thrones, what are you doing? Just, just listen to that stuff. Listen to it. And then uh, the Because Show is there, too, to fill your hours with hilarious content. Guys, we're doing this for you, and we're doing it for free. Mm. So just go to BaldNote.com. Jesse, what's your first reco? Uh, before we get to that, I just need to tell you something. What? So, uh, Tasha has this thing where you, like, put a, a potato in it and it presses it into, like, potato noodles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so she made, like, potato noodles today and, like, fried them up and made this cheese sauce. Uh-huh. And it smells exactly like, uh, that part of the Washington State Convention Center that's right next to the subway. Oh, so it's got the subway smell. It smells like subway mixed with carpet and nerds. Uh-huh. And, uh, anyway, it's making me, uh, very... Reminiscent of Pax. So is that a reco? No, that's just a thing that just happened to no, me. Anecdotal reco. So, um, actually, I guess that will be a, my first recommendation because I forgot to write two of them down. Excellent. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Cheese sauce. It smells like nerds. <laughs> uh, for everybody out there who likes baseball, and apparently some of you do, uh, guys, Ken, Ken Burns' baseball documentary on Netflix. I watched this. Oh, it's so good. I just I just watch it, and it's like, oh, I have like two and a half hours to kill. I'm just going to watch about baseball from 1980 to 1989, and I'm going to cry because it's, it's fucking amazing. It's called Ken Burns on Ken Griffey. Exactly. That, that's the sad thing is that they like they were like the Ken Griffey section. They're like, well, we have to acknowledge Ken Griffey Jr., but we don't have a lot to say about him, so we're only going to just like do a small focus on him for like two minutes, and then everybody else is like a 20-minute segment. Was he like a national thing or was oh, yeah. it just local? Well, the, what they did is they kind of compared him to Barry Bonds because like Barry Bonds was like one of the best players in baseball, MVP every year. Uh, and then uh, and then King Griffey Jr. was also like the other best player in baseball. But King Griffey Jr., everybody loved him and Barry Bonds, everybody hated him because Barry Bonds wouldn't talk to the press. But like King Griffey Jr. kind of embraced this presence that he had so like he had a nike line like jordan had and he had like ken griffey jr mlb baseball he was basically everywhere he was the guy everybody liked mm. uh, he was the michael jordan of baseball in the mid 90s gotcha and yes everybody loved him it wasn't just a local thing okay so my recommendation is a show that's streaming on netflix and it's called john benjamin has a van oh have you watched any of this i watched a bit a bit <laughs> a bit a bit a bit a bit I really enjoy it. It's it's pretty out there. It's not something like <laughs> you sit down and really deconstruct, but yeah. you know, it's, it's just it's fun. And my favorite part is the boom mic operator uh-huh. character is 
Nathan from Nathan for You, the new show on Comedy Central. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's hilarious. If your show gets canceled and you're an auxiliary character, you might get your own show on Comedy Central. That's what I'm hoping for when yep. this podcast gets canceled. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we got canceled. <laughs> we got canceled somehow. Uh, and then my final reco is uh, it's just going to be packs, guys. If you need to scalp tickets, do it. Go. If you haven't been to PAX, come to Seattle. We'll have a meetup. It's going to be great. Labor Day weekend. It's literally the only weekend of the year where the weather is nice in Seattle. But it's very consistent. That's so you're going to have great weather. You're going to have great beer. You're going to have great friends. You're going to have great games. You're going to have a great con. You're going to have a great time. Dude, I'm coming back from Hawaii on Thursday. Yeah. Are you more excited for Hawaii or PAX? Don't answer that because your wife <laughs> might be listening. <laughs> but I know what the answer is, Jesse. So PAX, baby. Well, I don't know, man. I'm probably PAX, more excited for Hawaii. PAX it up. Uh, we all know it's PAX. And uh, <laughs> and thank you so much for getting in touch with us. Um, you can always give us a call, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024. You can uh, send us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. Keep in touch. We love you. Uh, and we'd like to remind you that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please. Stay, stay arrogant. arrogant.